Let's pray. Jesus, we're grateful that you've allowed us to be in your house. It's summertime. There's a lot of things going on. A lot of families are away. A lot of people are visiting, and some people are are, uh, not here tonight, but hopefully they're online with us. Either way, Lord, we're just grateful that we're here. We're in your house. We feel your presence. We know that you're here. And we also know that uh, as the Word of God comes forth tonight, that we're going to hear from heaven, that you have talked to the preacher tonight, and that you are going to minister to us. So, Lord, tonight we welcome that. We're excited about the fact that you've allowed us to be here so we could worship, so we could hear your word. We're asking your blessing upon this service and also on the message and the messenger today. Bless our classes. Bless those that are joining us online in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's begin to worship the Lord. It's funny that he talked about that because I was, as I was praying tonight, I was thinking of the word crave. Sometimes we crave something. I made some dip that my mom used to make with potato chips, and I just craved it the other day. I had to, I had to make it and have it. And I said, I just want to have that craving for more of Jesus. Amen. And there's a song that says, I want more of Jesus, more, and, uh, more than I've ever had before, more of his great love, rich and full and free. I want more of Jesus. How do we get that? By giving him more of me. So we want to show him how much we love him tonight by our praise, by our worship. More than ever before, Lord, I love you. More than ever before, Lord, I need you. And more than
Why do we love him more? Because every day he gives us the same reasons and new, more reasons to love him. Hallelujah. You are beautiful beyond description. Too marvelous for words. Too wonderful for comprehension. Like nothing ever seen or heard. Who can grasp your infinite wisdom? Who can fathom the depths of your love? You are beautiful beyond description. Majesty and throne above. And I stand, I stand in awe of you. I stand, I stand in awe of you. Holy God, to whom all praise is due. I stand in awe of you. Yes, I stand, I stand in awe of you. I stand, I stand in awe of you. Holy God. Savior, I 
I know for sure All of my days are held in your hands Crafted into your perfect plan You gently call me into your presence Guiding me by your Holy Spirit Teach me, dear Lord to live all of my life through your eyes. I'm captured by your holy calling. Set me apart. I know you're trying. Be to yourself. So lead me, Lord, I pray. to 
word tonight, Lord Jesus, because we love you and want to grow deeper and deeper with you. Hallelujah. This is my desire to honor you, Lord, with all my heart, I worship you. Oh, 
Hallelujah, Lord. Here we are in your presence. We give you our heart and our soul, Lord. Hallelujah. All of our worship, Lord, we give unto you right now. Hallelujah. 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 I think it's a wonderful thing to just simply do that again all over every single day. To say, Lord, here I am. I give myself to you again today. Everything that's in me, Lord. I give you praise. For as Bishop said at the beginning of the service, Lord, you've been good. You've been gracious. I've tasted and I've seen how good the Lord is. And I just got to keep coming back for more. I just got to spend more time in His presence. For the Word says that in His presence is the fullness of joy. At His right hand are pleasures forevermore. Amen. And I'm so grateful for the Lord in my life. If it had not been for the Lord on my side, where would I be? Amen. But I'm thankful I do have Him on my side. Amen. And if God be for me, then who can be against me? Amen. What wonderful promises we have right here in this book. Amen. That we can hang on to. The Bible says that your faithful promises are my armor and protection. It's one translation of one of the verses, Psalm 91, verse 4 or 5 or somewhere along there. You know, sometimes you just got to take the word and just kind of hold it up against you. And just say, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm hanging on to this. I'm clinging to this. When it seems like everything's going crazy in my life and I don't understand all the things that are that are happening I just I just have to cling more closely to the word I just gotta draw a little closer to the one who has all things in his hands he's in control even when it seems like everything's out of control in my life the one that holds me in his hands also holds all my days in his hands and I'm grateful for that amen 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 just a few quick announcements and then we'll receive our offering and We'll dismiss our classes. The youth class will be staying out here tonight. Once more, the youth class will be staying out here tonight. But our younger classes will be will be having class. Tomorrow night, Spanish service at 7.30 p.m. Uh, on Sunday morning, it's a.m. only. Uh, I believe no Spanish service and no uh, there will be no uh, adult fellowship classes or youth events or anything like that going on. Uh, so enjoy your uh, Independence Day weekend again, July 3rd. This Sunday we'll have uh, a.m. service only. And then on Saturday, July 9th at 9 a.m., we're having a car wash to raise money for camp. Camp, junior camp and senior camp are coming up, and we need to raise as much money as we can to help uh, the kids get to camp that would like to go to camp. It costs about $225 uh, for each kid to uh, go to camp, and um, when you have multiple kids, it gets a little costly, and so we always want to try to supplement and help our kids get to camp. And so um, if you'd like to come and help with the car wash, again, here's Saturday morning, July the 9th. Not this Saturday, but next Saturday um, at 9 a.m. We'll be meeting here, uh, getting ready to have the car wash. If you would like to sponsor a camper, um, then please see me or, or see one of our financial secretaries, Sister Tryon or Sister Angie Rosa, and they can help. Uh, they can, you know, tell you what you need to do there as well um and if you just want to come by and have your car washed while we're having the car wash and drop some money in as a donation then do that as well and tell a few neighbors and friends and co-workers about it 
It's $225 for one kid. Yes, ma'am. Yes, $225 uh, for one kid uh, to, to go to camp. Yes, ma'am. Amen. All right, also, um, on that same Saturday on July 9th, um, while there's a car wash going on, we are having a marriage seminar. Uh, we have Bishop John and Sister Carolyn Hansen coming. Um, and so all of you uh, married folks, um, we would love for you to join us for that. It's $20 per couple. We, we, we will be providing lunch. Um, and um, if you can be here for that, we'd appreciate that. Again, July the 9th, uh, 9 a.m. We'll be here from about 9 till maybe around 1, 1.30, 2 o'clock. Um, and we want to, um, again, we just want to invest in our marriages uh, because stronger families make stronger churches and stronger marriages make stronger families and if we can strengthen our marriages we can strengthen our families and thereby we can strengthen our churches and then if we strengthen our churches we can strengthen our communities um and we just start on the building blocks and so again uh marriage seminar um there is a link on our facebook and instagram pages to where you can uh, register for that as well again twenty dollars is the cost we're going to receive our offering the baskets are up here um in the front um, we're going to pray, then receive our offering, um, and then our younger kids will be having class. The youth uh, ages uh, 13 and up will be staying out here, and then Sister Marie will be teaching uh, once the offering is over here for uh, the adults. Jesus, thank you for your many blessings. Thank you for everything that you've done for us. And Lord, we add a blessing to your kingdom tonight as we give this offering. We ask, Lord, that you would bless this offering to the upbuilding of your kingdom and bless those who give according to your word. And bless the remainder of our services, all of our classes. Lord, bless us and allow your presence to be here. Speak to us. We need to hear from you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you come? Would you give your offering? Again, the baskets are here on the front and our classes will be dismissed. In Jesus' name. Jesus, I'll never forget what you've done for me. Jesus, I'll never forget how you set me free. Jesus, I'll never forget how you brought me out. Jesus, I'll never forget, no, never. Jesus, I'll never forget what you've done for me. Jesus, I'll never forget how you set me free. Jesus, I'll never forget how you brought me out. Jesus, I'll never forget, no, to be in the house of the Lord and welcome to all of our guests that are here this evening we're so glad that you joined us and if you're looking for a home church I hope you found it amen amen um, today we are going to continue on a lesson that we started a couple of weeks ago um, it's called feasting on flesh this is the second portion of that I was not able to finish it the last time that we started it again it's feasting on flesh 
and it's a continuation. Um, the lesson is based on Matthew chapter 8, verses 28 through 34, and also Mark 5, where it talks about the, the men in one particular reference. It talks about one man being possessed with a legion of, of demons. The other reference talks about two men that were possessed and they were in the they were in the graveyards and when Jesus came into the country of uh, the Gergesenes um, the men fell at Jesus's feet they did not want to be in the state that they were in they wanted freedom they wanted liberty um, and these men were literally being eaten alive spiritually and physically by these demons, by these spirits, because they were feasted, they were feasting on their on their flesh. It's kind of crazy to think about. They were cutting themselves, they were harming themselves, they were naked, they were afraid, um, and they were kept to this gravesite, and they nobody could help them. Nobody can help them. They were um, possessed by unclean spirits, but something, something within them wanted to, to be free. And so they fell at Jesus's feet. And when they did that, the Lord was able to set them free. We mentioned that human flesh is the highest level that the devil and his demons can operate. If you remember, the devil the curse that God put on the serpent was for him to eat dust all the days of his life. And when we get in our flesh, when we get in our emotions, when we allow ourselves to feast on things that we shouldn't be feasting on, the things that are cardinal, that excite things in, in our flesh, um, the things that we watch, the things that we hear, the things that we speak that are not godly, that are not mentioned in the word of God, that don't edify the body. Those things, those that's what causes us to be feasted upon. We're getting to that place where we're leaving a door open for the enemy to operate in us or have a, a pathway to attach itself to us. And we don't want that. We want to be able to to be free, allow God and his spirit to move freely through us. And so we talked about this a few weeks ago, and it's prime meat, if you will. We mentioned that human flesh is the highest level the devil and his demons can operate. As a matter of fact, it's prime meat, if you will, when he feasts on human flesh. Uh, so we also talked about the causes um, what causes the devil to feast on human flesh? Number one was giving ourselves over to our emotions. And it's not the act of feeling emotions. There's a difference. There's a difference in feeling emotions. God created us with emotions. Um, anger, happiness, sadness, um, you know, there's there's so many emotions that God created us with, and we are we need to be able to feel these things, right? When somebody passes away, we're sad, we mourn, we cry, we grieve. When someone gives birth, woohoo! And uh, you know, there was an, uh, a birth recently. I 
I don't know if I'm, I was okay. Okay. Sorry, Bishop. I was just so excited. But Bishop and Sister Trine have a new grandson. Woohoo! <laughs> Added to the clan. And, and so there's rejoicing in that, that there is a new baby boy that was just born. You know, um, so we, we rejoice. We, we clap. We dance. We shout, you know. Um, and there's, you know, there's so many emotions when something happens that we don't want to happen. And our children disobey. We get angry, right? Something bad happens in our job. We get upset. Those are natural things. But what we're talking about is when we give ourselves over to our emotions, it means that you're letting your emotions get the better of you and therefore control what you do and how you behave. Okay? So... The Bible says to be angry and sin not. It also tells us that when we're angry, you know what? Why don't you lay down for a minute, talk to the Lord, let him give you some peace, (laughs) and then wake up and, and deal with the situation. When you're calm, when you're collected, not when your emotions are running wild. And we, we, uh, quoted some scriptures, um, two weeks ago on that, how we need to be in control of those emotions. And how are we in control of that? We give them over to God. We speak to him first. He is the one that we vet everything through. There's a reason why he gives us the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's not so that we can just speak in tongues and dance. It's to give us power, power to overcome and most of, most of all, to overcome ourselves, to co- overcome this flesh. Because the goal is, it's not me that's living anymore. It's Christ living in me. It's Christ living in me. And that's Romans. Um, I believe it's chapter, is it 12, honey? Romans 12, 1 and 2. And then Colossians, that's where I meant, Colossians. Um, where it talks about it's no longer I that lives within me. Galatians, sorry, Galatians 2.20. There we go. Thank you. Galatians 2.20 and 21, where it talks about that I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, not I, but Christ liveth in me. In this life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So I'm not living It's Christ who's living in me, and that is the goal. So when I'm feeling the emotions, it's okay for me to feel the emotion, but I can't stay there, and I can't act upon that because it might not go so well if I acted upon that emotion. I need to be able to vet it, give it to the Lord, give give yourself some room to breathe, okay? Pause for a moment, gather yourself, and and then communicate, then take action or you know if you don't know what to do just pause and just say lord i don't know what to do in this situation show me show me what i need to do that's that's called wisdom that's that's called wisdom we're applying it knowledge okay now i know what to do once once we do that we can go right ahead and move on ephesians 4 26 and 27 in the amplified this is another scripture scripture that we mentioned last time and i believe brother Tryon read it today be angry and sin, um, or was it? I'm sorry. 
be angry at sin, at immorality, at injustice, at ungodly behavior. You read Second Peter, I apologize. It was Second Peter. Yet do not sin. Do not let your anger cause you shame, nor allow it to last until the sun goes down. And do not give the devil an opportunity to lead you into sin by holding a grudge or nurturing anger or harboring resentment or, culti- or cultivating bitterness. And this is what we're talking about. This is a scripture that is um, in the book of Psalms. And then Paul talks about it with the church in Ephesus, saying that we need to be careful when we're angry that we're not acting out in our anger, that we're not giving an opportunity for the devil to to come in, to lead us to sin, to hold grudges, to nurture, um, to baby, to cradle, to, you know, harbor any resentment or to cultivate bitterness. That means that you're actively growing it. When you're cultivating it, you're actively growing it. You're not trying to get bitterness out of your spirit or out of your heart, but you're actively giving into that. And so we have to be careful with that. Another way that we can allow the enemy to feast on our flesh is by, number two, giving ourselves over to the works of the flesh. This is doing what we want to do. Not what God wants to do. What does my human nature want to do in this situation? You got upset. Um, something happened. Well, this is what I want to do. This is how I want to react. This is what I, how I want to take action on this. No, no. It's not what we want to do, but what God wants us to do. B, we, uh, we can excuse it by saying and believing it's our personality, it's part of our makeup, or that it feels right in our heart. And we understand what the Word of God says, that the heart is wicked, um, and we, we have to be careful because it's evil. There's, there's wickedness there, and if we go by our hearts, what our hearts are telling us, our hearts are going to lead us astray. The world says, well, what does your heart tell you to do? Eh. You know, that's not what the Bible tells us to do. It tells us to look to the word, to look to the commandments, to look to the law of the Lord. Because we can't trust this. Our hearts, again, it's led by our emotions. And we've got to know truth and we've got to be led by truth. The truth that is in the word of God. It's our personality. Well, we have, when we were born into the body of Christ, when we were baptized in Jesus' name, when we received the gift of the Holy Ghost, we took on a new name. We were born again. We took on a new personality. And even though God has given us our own individual personalities, right? Because thank God we're all different. But we still can't excuse behavior, bad behavior because of our personality. And that's one way that we can allow the enemy to feast on our flesh. If we say, well, it's just who I am. Well, God calls us to be born again. That means I need to get a new mindset. The scripture says that I need to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. I can't think the way I used to think. 
I have to think the way God wants me to think. Galatians 5.17, and then verses 19 through 21 in the Christian Standard Bible, it says, For the flesh desires what is against the spirit, and the spirit desires what is against the flesh. These are opposed to each other, so that you don't do what you want. It says it right there in Scripture. They're constantly battling each other so that you, you, do, you don't do what you want to do. Now the works of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, moral impurity, promiscuity, idolatry, sorcery, hatreds, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambitions, dissensions, that means division, factions, that means diversity of opinions, and aiming at someone, that means that, you know, I don't care what that person is saying, I want to do this, I think this, this is my opinion, that's factions. Envy, drunkenness, carousing, that doesn't mean just drunkenness, and we talked about this last time. That carousing means also binging. It means overindulgence. When you give yourself over to things too much, you can be on your cell phone a little bit too much. You can be on social media a little bit too much. You can be on Netflix a little bit too much. You can be on whatever too much, overindulging, food, Overindulging anything. If it's in excess, that is carousing. And so God is, the beauty about God is he's a God of order. He is a God of order. And I can't allow my children to do whatever they feel like doing. I can't. I would have monsters living in my house. I have four children. I can't allow for them to be doing all kinds of crazy things. My house would be a mess. It would be a pigsty if, I, if my daughter wanted to eat candy 24-7. That would be a horrible parent. My, the dentist would say, what did you do to that child? <laughs> Allowing her to eat candy 24-7. If I allowed her to walk out of the house in pajamas with her hair all crazy, no shoes on, uh, no, that's not, that's not what we do. I've got to be able to teach her how to do your hair, how to brush your teeth, how to take a bath, you know, all these different things. All of us have gone through that. We've learned these things because there's a way to be presentable and there's a way not to be presentable. And God is a God of order. Where do we get that? Where did we get that in our makeup? That was from God. Everything was created in, with order in mind, with, uh, with beauty. Everything has a purpose, and everything runs the way it's supposed to. How crazy would it be if my leg, I'm saying walk straight, and my leg decides to go right? That wouldn't be right, huh? It has to work properly. He is a God of order. And so that's what, what he does. He, he gives us guidelines, and it's not to harm us. It's so that um, we can grow. It's for our good because he loves us, and he's a good father. Uh, scripture continues to say, and anything similar. That leaves the door open for anything. Envy, drunkenness, carousing, and anything similar. This is why um, a book of rules doesn't work for us. 
We already have the word of God. And that's why we need to allow the word of God to be written in our hearts. Bishop had preached it on Sunday. God hates religion. We make the decision to follow him. We make the decision to serve him out of love because he's our heavenly father and we are his children. Not because we are slaves. We're not in bondage. We're not in bondage to fear. But we, we are compelled. We are compelled by his love to serve him. I am warning you about these things as I have warned you before that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Jeremiah 17, 9 through 10 in the King James, it says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. So, God is constantly going to be trying the reins of our hearts. And we need to make sure that we're allowing him to do so. Because he's going to give us according to the fruit that we're bearing. Whether good or bad, that's what he's going to give to every man according to his ways. We cannot fall in love with the world or the things of this world. Because when we do, everything becomes about me. What I want, what my flesh, what my emotions, what my heart desires. We live in a me society already. Everything is about me. And we do have a God complex. Even in relationships. Well, I'm married to that person because that person compliments me and if they should but then when you get into a relationship it's well I'm not happy because I'm not being pleased I'm he's not doing this for me she's not doing that for me whatever whatever and then it becomes about me it's give and take it's a relationship it's something that we do together it's a partnership it's love it's not all about one person Otherwise, never last. So it's, it's the same thing. Um, 
we also mentioned that the spirit must govern us. When God convicts us of our behavior, it is like a child being told not to touch a hot stove. I mentioned that last time. If I tell my child, don't touch that hot stove, and, well, let me just, let me give my own personal example. I think I was about Lucy's age, seven, seven years old. We were living in Puerto Rico still. My mom had been ironing all day long. And she walked away. She had to go do something. And there's the hot iron. And she said, Fran, no lo toques. Don't touch it. I shook my head, yes. Like, yeah, I'm not going to touch that iron. She said, it's hot. Don't touch it. Okay, not going to touch it. She walked away. I looked at it, and I'm like, is it really hot? And I put my hand on the iron, the whole thing, and I couldn't even pry it off. It was that hot. I couldn't pry it off. I'm, of course, screaming bloody murder. My mom comes over. She somehow, you know, was able to, I don't, I think I just blanked out, you know, you know, prize it out of the iron, and here she is. She can't take me to the doctors because my dad had the car, and he was working. So she took toothpaste and put toothpaste all over my hand, the cooling agent on the toothpaste. I don't know how she knew how to do that. And thank the good Lord, there's no damages <laughs> on my hand. I, I'm sure the woman was praying, <laughs> pleading the blood of Jesus, you know. But I look at my hand. Thank you, God. There's nothing wrong with my hand. But she told me. She told me it was hot. I knew that it was hot, but I, I had to try it. And then I found out that it was hot. God speaks to our hearts. God speaks to us and he convicts us with his spirit and he tells us, don't go there. Don't do that. And we, and we say, well, I don't know. Okay, Lord, I won't do it. And then he says it again. We feel that nudge in our hearts. We feel that tugging in our spirit and we don't do it. And time passes and then we're like, well, I didn't hear it again. I didn't hear that, you know, that voice or felt that tug this time after I asked. And we go do it. What are we doing? We're searing our consciences. And if God said it in his word, and if he spoke it to your heart, he wrote that law in your heart, he shouldn't have to repeat it again. He's so loving and caring that he will. He will. But what if we keep doing it over and over again? What we're doing is we're perverting the grace of God. And then he says, well, if you really want to continue doing that, there's no point in me saying anything else. And he'll just allow you to do it. He will allow you to do it and get harmed in the process because you're not wanting to stay under the covering of his spirit. You're not wanting to obey his voice, his word. And I don't want to be in that place. I've been there. I've done that. 
And the consequence of that was, Lord, I'm so sorry, repenting, crying on my knees, saying, Lord, I can't, I can't feel your presence now. Where are you? And it took a long time for me to get to that place because I had seared my conscience. My feelings, my emotions, my flesh uh, were put higher than the law of God, than the word of God. And we are not higher than the Lord. He has given us free will. He has given us free will, but it's so that we can choose him. He's not going to make us, but he wants us to choose him. He wants to be in right relationship with us. And that takes work. That takes obedience in our part. And I know it's hard at times. We hate it. We want to be our own boss. But he, he's calling us to deeper. And when he calls us to deeper, that means I'm going to have to let go of some things that, that I want to do. Because I love him more and I want, to, I want to be with him. It doesn't matter what it costs me. It doesn't. And I, I've learned that. Whatever it is you want me to do, Lord, I will do it. No matter what the cost, I have to be saved. And I want to be with him. I don't just want to be saved. I want to be with him. I don't just want to make it to heaven. I want to sit with him. I want to talk with him. I want to be able to sit in his lap like my heavenly father and, and have some deep conversations. I don't just want to enter in into the kingdom of God. I want to partake with him. I want to know his voice. I want him to speak to me. I want to have that loving relationship. He is a good father, isn't he? He is a good father and he is not going to withhold any good thing from us. That's James 1:17. He is not going to withhold any good thing from us. Let's continue. If we are not careful, we will fall in love with the world and not realize it because it happens so subtly. Matthew 24, 43 says, but know this, if the owner had known what time the thief was coming, he would have stayed alert and not let his house be broken into. The thief comes in subtly. The thief comes in when you least expect it. And we don't even realize it, that he has broken down walls and that we've allowed him to remove safeguards. And now, like we talked about, he's, our conscience is seared. And soon enough, the enemy will have free range and it's no longer the temple of the Holy Ghost where God abides, but the devil or the enemy is sitting right next to you because you've just allowed him. So what do we have to do? We must guard our families, our husbands, our wives, our children, by protecting our homes. We have to protect our workplaces, our phones, our computers, our tablets, any electronic device, not just electronic device, but even the things that we read, books, physical books, magazines, all these different things. We have to guard our families um, and we mentioned this last time. I know this is still review, but we talked about covenant eyes. Covenant eyes is a uh, an application, an app that you can download on your phone. You can download it on your tablet. You can download it on your computer. 
and it protects your device. You can set the, the setting on it, how high you want it um, or how low. It goes from R all the way to G. Um, you can set it on your, your kids, on your... And so if your child opens an account that you were not aware of, guess what? Bark will let you know. Bark will let you know. And it will pick up uh, cuss words, inappropriate, you know, conversations, everything. It'll pick up everything. Now, the beauty of it is that it's there. If, and it's it's meant to highlight, to grab the things that are violent. You understand what I'm saying? It's not like I'm sitting there with my phone. Well, let me see what Eliezer, Micah, Josiah, or Lucy are, are doing 24-7. But if something comes up, it will alert. And one of the comments I mentioned last time was Micah um, had gotten an email from uh, YouTube. And it was a song by the Gaither Vocal Band. And we're like, what is this Barkler? And when we looked, when my husband and I looked at the email, it was to the song, He Touched Me. Like, what? You know, Jesus, he touched me, and oh, the joy that floods my soul, something wonderful happened. I'm going, what is Bark doing? (laughs) Flagging a, a good Christian song, but it was because it's talking about touching. Like, he touched me, you know, and oh, the joy. And I'm going, oh, my goodness. We were rolling, you know, laughing. Like, yeah, Bark, you missed it on that one, but thank you. you know? <laughs> um, and then even um, the other day, Eliezer got um, an email in Bark Alert immediately. And it, we're, we just, okay, let's look at it. And it was, he had to do some sort of, I know he's looking at me like, Mom, Mom. Um, he doesn't even know what I'm about to say. Um, he had to go through classes with his job. You know, what is it? Uh, misconduct, like sexual misconduct, all that kind of stuff. But it had the words on there, so it flagged it. And then Bark will ask, are we, how did we do? I'm like, thank you, you did well. But, you know, it's just a safety thing. And some people might think, well, that's overkill. No, it's not. Because the devil is there to steal, kill, and to destroy. And the younger, the better. Kids are exposed to pornography way too young because of electronic devices. They're not even meaning to look at it. It will be some sort of Peppa Pig video. All of a sudden, somebody that has a nasty mind will put something in there that they shouldn't, 
And now you can't even guard that. You can't even trust that, that you're giving your children good content. You have to, as a parent, guard your children. And you cannot be too careful. Let's continue on. Studies have shown that 75% of men and 30% of women are addicted to pornography. 50% of religious men and 20% of religious women stated that they were addicted to pornography. And as we read, that's the percentage that stated that they were addicted to pornography. That's not including the percentage that did not. That they not they didn't say. They might have kept it because of shame or whatever the case may be. So the content that our children bring home physically or in our electronic devices, all of it is is critical. It's not just visual stimulation, but the books that they're reading. It could have perversion in it, and we've got to be careful. We've got to know what it is about and what it says. It's essential to keep our family safe from the intrusions of the enemy. So Jesus was able to deliver the men in the tombs because they were done. They were finished. They had enough of that lifestyle. They didn't want to be feasted upon by the devil or his demons. They wanted freedom. We must understand that if we want deliverance from any addiction to drugs, pornography, alcohol, abuse, offense, bitterness, strife, rebellion, disobedience, and or any other thing we find pleasure in, that doesn't glorify God, we must get to the point of getting sick and tired of doing it and living in it. There has to be something within us that says, I'm done. I'm done with this lifestyle. I want to make sure that I'm doing what God, uh, what pleases God. And some deliverances is, are going to happen immediately. And then there are those that you have to be extremely intentional to break that out of your life because it is so addicting. It's with anything, with anything, even your, the use of your phone. I have to put a, a limit. I can't do this. I can't waste my time here all day long. I have things to do. I have family. I have responsibilities. Any kind of addiction, I have to make sure that I'm being held accountable. I have an accountability partner, somebody that's going to help me. I need to be praying first and foremost. I need to be talking to Jesus and saying, Lord, I need your help because I can't do this by myself. If we could do this by ourselves, then we wouldn't need Jesus. If we could do this by ourselves, we wouldn't need the Holy Ghost living inside of us. So we do need his help. We can't do this on our own. So Lord, help me to break this. But also, I need to make sure that I have an accountability partner. Covenant Eyes does that too. You're able to give account uh, to have accountability partners that will get that report of the things that you've been uh, looking at your, your electronic device. Or just, hey, 
can you help me pray? Can you help me uh, just be, you know, me be accountable to you? Hey, have you been praying? Have you been reading the word? What is God speaking to you about? What are, what are you doing to change that habit or allow God to change that habit? We, we need to make sure that we're taking the right steps because we want to be free. If we don't want to be free, we're just still going to live in that. We allow the devil to feast on our flesh when we feast on these things. The appetites of the flesh leave us exposed to the enemy's attacks and for the devil to continuously feast on us because we won't shut the doors we opened. And we've got to shut the doors. We can pray all day for God to protect us and to keep us, but if we are allowing these things to remain in our homes, if we're allowing these things to remain in our lives and be a part of us, then we're undoing the protection that we're asking for because we're, allow- we're leaving that door open. We may be children of God, but we still have free will. God will not go against your will. He is not going to go against your choice. He won't. If you choose him, he will do, he will have his will in, in in your life. But if you're saying, oh, I choose you, God, but you keep doing the things that you want to do, then you're walking the opposite direction. And he's not going to go against that. Second Peter 3, 9 and, t- uh, and 10. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us. Excuse me. Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God doesn't want anyone to perish. He doesn't want anyone to perish. Well, well why are people perishing? Why are people lost? Because of free will. Because of free will. He doesn't want any of us to perish. He, all, he wants all of us to come to repentance. But we have to make that decision. We have to repent. Verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. In the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise. And the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. God doesn't want anyone to perish, but to choose salvation. And 2 Corinthians 6, 2 talks about that today. Today is the day of salvation. Some people say, well, I'll get saved whenever the Lord wants me to get saved. The Lord wants you saved now. (laughs) He wants you to be saved today. Today, not tomorrow, because tomorrow's not guaranteed to us. Today. Today is the day of salvation. And so we have to take the opportunity that's been given to us that to take advantage of salvation. When God comes, it says that it will be like a thief in the night. Nobody's going to hear him. Nobody's going to see him coming. Nobody's going to, you know, be aware. Oh, he's here. It will happen quietly and it will happen quickly. In the blink of an eye. 
everything we did and acquired here on earth, guess what? It's going to be gone. It's going to pass away. It's not going to last. It's going to burn up. Nothing will remain except your soul. That's what's going to remain. Your soul is going to live on forever. Do you know where it's bound for? We want to think it's heaven. But if the enemy is feasting on our flesh, you know, how much? How, How much? Is there a door that I've left open for the enemy to come in? I'm not saying that any of us are perfect, okay? God knows we're not perfect, and we need his grace. So that's why we reach for it. We're not perfect. I'm not speaking from someone, oh, my goodness, that's holier than thou, Sister Marie. No. I make mistakes, and I need his grace. And one thing that the Lord showed me is as long as I'm reaching for him, his grace is going to meet me right where I'm at doesn't matter how far I am or how close if I'm reaching for him he is going to reach me he's going to be right where I'm at he just wants me to be honest with him we all have faults Bible says to have truth in the inward parts Lord this is where I'm at right now I need help right now with this I know I'm not perfect I don't have it all together teach me teach me to change my ways and he's going to meet you right where you are Salvation is attainable. It's not something afar off. He wants everyone to be saved. You just have to take advantage of it. That's that's how simple. He loves you. He cares about you. He already paid the price. You just need to take advantage of that salvation. So we were not created to be feasted upon by the enemy. We were created to be loved by our Heavenly Father. We were created in His image. And the moment we allow ourselves to be feasted upon, then the enemy destroys God's creation. He destroys His image here on earth. We are His image bearers. And we've got to show the world who Jesus is through our lives. We need to reflect His glory. But if we are leaving room for the enemy to feast on our flesh, then that image of Christ is being destroyed because of our example. So we need to make sure we're walking in the spirit and not fulfilling the lust of the flesh. 2 Timothy 2.22 says, Flee from youthful passions or youthful lusts and pursue righteousness, faith, love and peace along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. We need to flee temptation. And while we flee from temptation, now we're pursuing righteousness. So we're letting go of the temptation. We're running away from the things that are trying to tempt us. We're running away from the things that are going to bring us damnation. We're running away from the things that, uh, it feels good to this flesh, but it's not good if I'm going to be serving the Lord. So let me run to God. Let me run to love. Let me run to peace. Let me pursue righteousness. And, and run and, and flee from the temptation. I need to walk in the spirit so that I don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. 
There are those who want to be delivered while there are those who want to remain bound. That's just a reality. Some want to be delivered and some are just happy, content, exactly where they are. When God delivers us from sin, from unclean spirits or oppression, we must ensure that we are full of the Holy Ghost and overflowing. If I want to remain free, if I want to live in that liberty that God has given me, then how am I going to do this? I need to be filling myself with the word of God. I need to be allowing the spirit to pray through me. I need to pray in the Holy Ghost. I need to make sure that I'm filling myself up with as much of God as I can and not with the world and not with the world. And when I'm doing that, I will be overflowing. It'll be rivers of living water flowing through me. But if I'm not actively filling myself with the word of God each and every day, if I'm not praying, if I'm not letting the Holy Ghost pray through me, then I will not be overflowing. I'm going to fill myself up with something else that is not of God. So I need, to, I need to check that. I need to check myself every single day. When I wake up in the morning, hi, Jesus. Check my spiritual connection immediately. Is it there? Is it there? I need to make sure that that connection is intact. And then start my day. As I start my day out, continue throughout the day, make sure that that connection does not break. While you're working, while you're driving, while you're taking care of the kids, while you're dealing with your boss, let me be led by your spirit at all times. It's not impossible. And that's how we are a witness for the Lord. Matthew 12, 43 through 45. When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places seeking rest and findeth none. Then he said, I will return into my house from whence I came out. And when he is come, he findeth it empty, swept, and garnished. So the unclean spirit goes out of a man. He goes and he walks through dry places. He's seeking a place for refuge, but he can't find any. So then he goes back to where he came from. Back to that person that he was cast out of. And then he finds out, oh, it's clean. It's swept. It's been kept up. But there's nothing there. It's just been cleaned. So what does he do? Verse 45, then he, then goeth he and taketh with himself seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter in and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. Even so shall it be unto this wicked generation. It's not good enough to clean house. Well, Sister Marie, you're telling me to clean house. Yes, you need to clean house. It's important to clean house, but you can't just clean your house. Your house has to be fully furnished. With what? With the right things. Let's talk about the tabernacle. We are now the temple of the Holy Ghost. God dwells in temples not made with hands. He dwells in you. He dwells in me. 
I have the Holy Ghost, that means I am his dwelling place. I am now the tabernacle. So I have to be intentional that I am fully furnished every single day. Every piece in that tabernacle, I need to have it living inside of me. How does that look like? Repentance. You're in the altar of sacrifice. Every single day I need to be presenting a sacrifice unto the Lord of repentance. Not just of repentance, but also of thanksgiving and of worship. That's what that altar was there for, of sacrifice. So I need to make sure every single day I am repenting of every sin that I've committed, whether I knew it or not. And then I need to offer him worship and thanksgiving. Then I need to move on to the labor. I need to make sure that I'm washing. Lord, wash me with your blood. Wash me with your spirit. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Let him wash you. Let him cleanse you from the top of your head to the sole of your feet. Read scriptures and the word of God that are going to cleanse you from whatever happened the night before. I mean, you should be praying at nighttime too, but I'm just saying, hey, something, sometimes it happens. You know, you wake up. Do you wake up? In a good mood sometimes? No, you don't wake up in a good mood sometimes. Let him wash you. Let him wash you with his word, with his spirit. And then you move from that labor and you go in. What do you do? You light that candle. You light that, that candlestick. And what is that? That's the spirit. It, it's also the word. It's the, also the table of showbread that has got that bread that was freshly baked. You can't live on yesterday's bread. It has to be fresh every single day. The word that God gave you yesterday is not good enough for today. It has to be fresh. The word from yesterday is, is for yesterday. I need to make sure I'm getting in the word today. That's how I am furnishing myself. That's how I'm filling myself up with the right things. I can't just have an empty house, a clean house. I have to make sure that I'm filling my house with the right things, that God is furnishing me with the right things. And then after I do that, I need to offer him incense. Incense. That is worship. That is praise. That is adoration. Where does that come from? That sweet-smelling savor. Where does it come from? From the altar of sacrifice, where I just laid that sacrifice on the altar. The ashes from that are going into that incense. And it's, I can't bring to God strange fire. If I'm not repenting of my sins, if I'm not making sure that I'm right with God and with my brother or sister, if I'm not repentant, if I don't worship him, I don't offer him a, a sacrifice of worship and praise, and I try to bring him my worship, some sort of incense to him that is not coming from that altar, is strange fire unto the Lord. I have to make sure that I am fully furnished. And this was not in the notes, but I felt feel strongly to talk about this because we cannot have an empty house. It's not good enough to have a clean house. I have to fully furnish it. And then I'm able to enter into the holies of holies. 
The Bible says that I may be able to obtain mercy, to find grace for the time of need, to come boldly before the throne of grace. That is the holies of holies. I can now go into that place because I've been, I've fully furnished my house. I'm doing all of these things because I've been repentant, because I've been washed by the word, by the blood, because I've been in the word, because I've let his spirit be active in my life, because I've offered the right type of incense. Now I can enter into the holies of holies and I can can obtain mercy and grace to find help in the time of need. And guess what? We're always in need. We're always in need of something. But I can now go boldly before the throne of grace because I've been doing all of these things. I need to make sure that my house is fully furnished with his spirit and with his word. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. I need the word. I need the word to help me so that I know exactly what I believe, the truth of his word. I need it so that it reproves me, that it corrects me, it rebukes me when I'm doing something wrong. And then it corrects me, it sets me in the right Prepared for every good work. So when Jesus freed those men in the tombs, the Bible says that they were clothed and in their right mind. They were clothed and in their right mind. This will leave others to be afraid. Afraid of what? Well, they're fearful of change because it's different from what they experienced before. The freedom that Christ brings, it brings internal peace. But it must, it may disrupt, I should say, but it may disrupt everything around you. Can anybody say amen? God gives you peace. He changes your life. It's, it's right where it's supposed to be. Now you're clothing in your right mind and everybody around you is going, what's wrong with this person? Why are they acting this way? That's not who I knew. They're not acting like the old person. Well, thank you, Jesus. But it's scary because is this change real? But sometimes it disrupts everything around you. Matthew 10, 34 through 39 in the message, it says, don't think that I've come to make life cozy. It's Jesus speaking. He said, don't you think, don't think for a second that I've come to make life cozy for you. I've, oh, Jesus came so that I am happy all the time. And everybody's happy with me. And it's just, you know, skipping along in a field of flowers, you know. He says, don't think that I've come to make life cozy. I've come to cut 
Make a sharp knife cut between son and father, daughter and mother, bride and mother-in-law. Cut through those cozy domestic arrangements and free you for God. Well-meaning family members can be your worst enemies. If you prefer father or mother over me, you don't deserve me. That's some harsh words. If you prefer son or daughter over me, you don't deserve me. If you don't go all the way with me through thick and thin, you don't deserve me. If your first concern is to look after yourself, you'll never find yourself. But if you forget about yourself and look to me, you'll find both yourself and me. I can't put my husband first. I can't put my children first. I can't put my parents first. No matter how much I love them, no matter how much I care for them, what comes first is my relationship with God. And if I'm thinking about myself first, instead of thinking about God, the Bible says that I'm going to lose my life. But if I seek him in his kingdom first, his righteousness, all these things, all these things will be added unto me. My family will be taken care of. My parents will be taken care of. Because I'm seeking him. Because I'm putting him first. God can bring peace to our lives, but he also can came to disrupt what people think is normal, which is sin. So, so they come to know truth. So how do we combat our emotions and our flesh? In order to combat our emotions and our flesh, we must become a new creature. We cannot be what we used to be. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. I'm a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Galatians 3.28 says, There is neither Jew or Greek. There is neither bond or free. There is neither male or female. For ye are all one in Christ Jesus. There's no favoritism. When you come to Jesus Christ, you're baptized in his name, in Jesus' name for the remission of sins. You're filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. You take on a new identity. You take on his name. You take on his DNA. You are not to be to identify primarily as Puerto Rican, as Jamaican, as Polish, as American, British, Iranian, Indian, or even South American or whatever nationality you are. That's not your, your primary identity anymore. Your identity is, hi, I am Marie Jesus. That's who I am. I am become a new creature. What people should see first is Christ in me, the hope of glory. That's what they should see. That's the person they need to meet. And the second, oh, okay, that's Sister Marie. Yeah, you know, crazy, quirky, over the top sometimes, all the time. 
but they need to come to know Jesus first because I am a new creature. I have a new DNA. I'm a king's kid. I am a child of the most high God. God is my heavenly father. I'm his child. I don't belong to the world anymore. I don't do the things that the world uh, want, you know, wanted me to do, partake of, or what I wanted to do. But now I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. And now I have to follow the law of the kingdom of God first. That's my primary law. We need to ensure we are crucifying this flesh daily so that the spirit man can live and the flesh, this old man, dies. Galatians 2, 20, 21, we talked about this. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not frustrate the grace of God. I cannot allow myself to live like that old person anymore. I need to make sure I'm crucifying myself daily. I'm crucified with Christ and I'm living with him. We have been taught to read the word of God and to pray. And because of that, we need to make sure that we're combining the two. We can't separate the two. If we do not combine the word and prayer at the same time, we will gain head knowledge of the word, but not intimacy. That intimacy that prayer provides combined with the word. Why? Because prayer is that component that connects our spirit to God's spirit. So when we are reading the word of God, we need to make sure they're also praying in the spirit and that we're in tune with his spirit. Otherwise, it's just going to become head knowledge. Well, I know the word. You know the word, but the word is not in you. In, through, through that spirit, through his spirit, it's not being applied. It's not being sealed into your spirit. It's all up here in your head. It's not in your heart. Jude 1, 20 and 21 says, But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. John 6, 63, It is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So if you are to live in this spirit and the spirit of God is what quickens us, then we must pray in the spirit. God's words are spirit and they are life. Therefore, we must combine the two or we will read the word through a filter of flesh with little to no proper understanding of the word because it's not coupled with the spirit we can't just read the word by itself we need to pray in the spirit we need to combine it with praying in the spirit in order for it to do what it needs to do in us and if we pray and do not combine combine prayer with the word then guess what's going to happen we're going to run off in the deep end without instruction to keep us rooted and grounded well i was praying 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 all the time well, that's good. You're praying all the time. But the word is also prayer. Reading the word of God is also prayer. Does it, what you're praying, is it aligning up with what the word of God says? It has to 
it has to meet up. You have to do both. You can't just do one or the other. And we're closing here, Colossians 2, 6, and 8. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. We need to walk in Jesus Christ, and he must be in us. And it has to be an abiding relationship. And if we are not abiding in his word and he's not abiding in us, coupled with his spirit, then we're going to fall for any philosophy that man tries to teach us because we're not grounded in the word of God. And his spirit will bear witness with our spirit. If we're aligning it with the word of God, it's going to bear right with our spirit. And let's all stand, just last two, uh, several scriptures here, 2 Corinthians 3, 16, 18. Nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. Now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And so until we meet him face to face, I need to be growing and I need to be going from glory to glory. I need to be transformed by his word and by his spirit. Amen. In Isaiah 40, verse 8, the grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of God shall stand forever. We need to stand firm upon the word of God. His word never changes. I'm so thankful for his word that we heard tonight. Um, And I'm just so thankful that he cares so much about us. He doesn't want us to be in our flesh. He doesn't want us to die in our sins. He He wants communion. He wants relationship. He loves us. He cares about us. And... God has taken us to new levels, and with that, we need to make sure that we are right with him. More people are coming. I'm so excited. God is doing great and mighty things in our midst. People are getting the Holy Ghost. People are being baptized, being taught Bible studies. Listen, how are we going to continue that? Prayer, fasting, reading the word, growing in the spirit. Leading people to Christ. Continue. We have to continue to grow. Amen. Pass around. You mind praying dismissal? Jesus, thank you for what we've heard tonight. Help us to apply it to our hearts. Help us to walk in the spirit so we do not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Transform us from the inside out. 
day by day, from glory to glory, and from faith to faith. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You are dismissed in Jesus' name.